so we have a project. We have a project. We call it OM Champion Project. Hello everyone and welcome to the Marseille View. I'm Stefan and I'm your host. It's a busy show with plenty of action to cover from Ligue 1 and in Europe. And we'll be reviewing our form over the recent games, discussing our Conference League prospects. But the main body of tonight's show will be on Sunday's game at Strasbourg. Uh, we have a full team to do that, so with me tonight is Ben. You alright, Ben? Good, good, good to be back. Um, sorry to, to listeners that we, we haven't put out frequent episodes, but it's been quite manic for all of us. But that will change in the new year. But yeah, a lot to debrief. Looking forward to it. Brilliant. Well, you've been busy, haven't you, in your um, new Arsenal podcast, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to uh, to Gunnar. No, it's, it's been good helping them out. Um, to be honest, I've, I've actually been busy doing a lot of stuff for the with, with French podcast for for the the UK of Marseille group as well. Um, but I, I guess yeah, we've been over reliant on you as the the the, the main host. <laughs> we will alleviate the pressure. That's our gift to you for 2022, Steph. Brilliant. Um, so. For those who uh, listeners who are not aware, so Ben does like a kind of monthly um, podcast with Guna Talk TV um, on William Saliba's progress and his loan spell. So you can check that out. It's on YouTube. We always like um, tweet it anyway when the episodes come out. Um, and then who else? We've got Julian. Julian tonight. How are you, Julian? Oh, I'm brilliant. Uh, hello, Steph. He- hello, everyone. Um, I'm not in Finland anymore. I'm uh, I'm in Southwest France at the moment, and uh, enjoying the nice weather for a for a for for a short while. And uh, everything is is very good. Thank you. Nice one. Okay, and uh, yeah, finally we've got Alex. How are you? I'm all good, mate. Um, in the UK, looking forward to a trip to Marseille on Sunday. And I'm going to go to the game against Reims. So I'm quite looking forward to my uh, Marseille holiday. Brilliant. Yeah, so we'll definitely have to get you, um, get you back on the podcast after that game and hear what it was like. Yeah, sure, sure. Looking forward to it. Great. So uh, let's start off anyway with a, a roundup of the recent games. So we last podcasted after the Galatasaray game and it was quite a miserable podcast because we just um, crashed out the Europa League um, and we were pretty shit. Um, and since then, there's been a pretty hectic fixture schedule. That's the best way to put it. So we've played a lot of games. We've played five games. Um, so leading into this uh, Sunday's game against Strasbourg, uh, we I'll just read out the results. So we won one 0 at Troyes, one 0 against Nantes, uh, and then we lost two one against Brest, and won one 0 against Lokomotiv in the Europa League. So it's quite a bit to unpack there, um, with our form seeming so up and down in these games, and and San Paoli tinkering with the lineup. We saw a lot of different lineups put out. Um, now. I guess 
I think there's some positive things there, and I guess I'll ask you, you guys, what you think. But uh, I suppose like one notable positive for me, looking back at those those games, or at least the thing that kind of the only thing that really like springs to mind for me, really, uh, is 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 Gerson, the emergence of Gerson into some sort of run of good solid form. Um, but other than that, like I think it's been a bit of a I just say like quite a negative um, series of games, despite the fact that we've had quite a few victories. What what are your thoughts on on, on any of these matches going into the Strasbourg game? Um, I I think yes, I agree with you, Jason. Jason emerging, um, finding form at the right time, just when it seemed like he was at rock bottom, is good. But I think the main the main observation is uh, Sampaoli's tweak, um, realizing that. Uh, we we were hitting a brick wall with with Milik in the side, and now switching, giving him a bit of a breather, and switching back to the false nine, and and that benefited Jason because he had some success there in the early games in the season. If you remember against uh, Nice, the game that got stopped, he he put in a good shift, I thought, in that game in that position, um, and and a couple of others as well. Um, so it it's the tactical shift more than anything that that has led to. Improve, improved performances and improved sort of um, flow and fluidity in, in the team, but at the same time, same old frustrations. Anyone else? Yeah, no, I can uh, I can add a little bit. Of, first, I think the thing with Jason and Millie, what, what is quite interesting is that I think it may have started on a defensive angle because when you have Milik and Pay up front on that, that 4-4-2 in defence, we were just not very compact, not very good. Milik and Pay are just not really helping the team. And so he's, he's decided over the last four or five games to put a jest on like another midfielder instead of Milik and move Kamara back from like, you know, uh, number six to actually central defence. So we we defended more like a, a five four one, which suited Paye quite well, and the, the team was quite compact, and and we haven't considered much. Um, and it's one of the the strength of the team now is the defense is actually our strength. Um, so that was quite interesting. And then on top of that, with Jason instead of Milik, yeah, Jason's bringing a lot of uh, a lot of runs, a lot of movements. Uh, I think he's he's more mobile than, than Milik. Not as good a scorer, but he wasn't good form, so uh, that made a difference for uh, for the few games that he played, and and that worked out well. Um, and it was interesting to see Milik in the European Cup as well. You could see he was really trying hard, giving a, a you know a good effort. But when you have Milik, the, the team needs to change a lot. It comes from a lot on the wings and crosses. Well, if you have Jerson, you could put on the wing someone like a Jiang or someone like a Harit. It doesn't have to be a a, a crosser when you have Jerson. You're more like trying to to run deep and a, a attack the other defense with speed. With Milik, it's just a totally different team, and and we haven't really been with with, with Milik or, or or a number nine when we put Jenga number nine. We haven't really been really good in that last third, uh, and that's where I think there's still some improvement to uh, to do. Yeah. Okay. And personally, um, I'm globally. Uh, quite pleased uh, by the results and, and by the team. Um, I would have some reserves, uh, like as we talked about about the the Milik uh, situation, because I'm slowly getting worried that he's uh, going to go out of the team. 
Um, I could almost imagine that uh, if uh, if an, a serious offer would come from for for him at the at the Mercato, um, there could be a possibility of of you know of of uh, of Pablo Longoria saying you know really uh, you know like cons considering options and maybe Milik too. That is not automatically uh, that no that that would not automatically be a catastrophe, but it would be quite a a, a big change and a turn of turn of events. Um, yeah, apart from that, I am I am I'm quite confident about the team. Uh, it's far from perfect at a lot of uh, lot of aspects, but um, I really like the mentality of the team. I like how how they're fighting. I I, I like how they even with, when they've been playing very badly, like how they 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 really you know like uh, uh, never wanted to to give up and and. Um, and uh, I think this team is is, uh, is is going quite well, and I um, I don't know. I'm 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 still I'm still uh, quite optimistic for the for the rest of the season. Maybe a bit more than the than the average uh, Marseille supporter. Maybe I'm too optimistic, but um, I don't know. I uh, I see a solid team, not perfect. Lots of lots of uh, lots of limitations, but uh, personally, it's, I start to like this team more than. Than any other Marseille team I have seen since at least four or five years. It's may almost Bielsa, maybe. So, yeah. Quite positive. I I, I do agree that we we do look like quite a solid team actually, and um, yeah, I think that we're we're definitely going to grind results. So I I think though to be honest, for me it's a little bit boring and it's a little bit too much like what we were like under. Vilas Boas in some ways. I know the style is different, but in many, I do think there's some similarities in the way that we're playing, um, or, or more the way we're performing rather than the style. But um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm not blown away by it. But I guess what like picking up points is probably the most important thing. I kind of agree with um, uh, you know some of the comments on Milik. I, I, ben will remember. I I was never like entirely convinced when we signed Milik. I thought, especially when Sampali came, I said it right from the start, I didn't think he was right for the to for Sampali's style of play, play and we needed, I always felt that we needed someone who was more mobile and more of a kind of roaming forward that would drift left and right and, and so on, rather than like a you know, Milik's a bit more like a typical centre forward, isn't he, in some ways although he, he Maybe he isn't, but he has. It, 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 I don't know. It, it seems like the natural, um, the way that players play around him, like sort of naturally, sort of um, edges towards kind of getting the ball out wide and trying to pick a cross out that finds Milik. Or it just seems it's very like kind of predictable and traditional. And I, I prefer like I think under San Paolo style, he probably needs a forward that's kind of that might. Um, drift out of position and kind of be hard to really sort of um, pinpoint what his role is, you know, um, someone who's just... Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Steph. Yeah, I was just going to say, Milik's, it feels more like a Garcia striker, doesn't it? it feels exactly, like a, yeah. It feels like a Gumis, a, a Mitroglou, a sort of target man that that, that plays in, um, plays in def sort of, you know, takes the ball down and, and plays in partners behind him and stuff. Whereas, 
Sampoli needs uh, effectively. You're almost describing Roberto Firmino for Liverpool. He, he needs a technical. No, I'm talking about um, Darwin Nunes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just... he's never coming. Mate. We missed him, but um, he can't even yeah, finish I, I, anyway. But I still, I talk about him all the time. It's just a joke. Um, <laughs> fully, fully agree with your analysis, and I, I guess that bridges into. Um, look, if we if we can just segue segue it into. Happy with the team. I agree with Julian and Alex, the performances, how we're compact and how we're defensively well set up and disciplined and well drilled. Um, and and another another point on that is we seem you look at Strasbourg, they were they were the top attack at home in Ligue 1 before before Sunday, and we, we completely neutralized them. Um and the same, I mean, PSG is not not really comparison because they, they they're not really working well anyway. They're not from flamboyant, but we neutralized them too. Um, we neutralised Monaco earlier this season. We neutralised quite a bit, quite a lot of teams that that seemingly have have you know either on good runs or have attacking quality, etc. But that the segue is in happy with happy with the team and the mentality. Yes, um, I'm I'm personally still I, I, I'm I have question marks about San Paoli. I have to say it. I saw, I started saying it in the last few episodes. It's just whether it's his lineups or whether it's um, you know, Sunday we clearly looked like we set up to counter-attack, yet we were playing, we were fannying about every time we got the ball back instead of being very direct. It just seems a bit like there's a bit of incoherence. And my concern is that he's he's shielded at the minute by the results, like any any manager that who's trying to implement something new, etc. You need results to, to buy yourself time and to buy buy get the buy-in from the players and, and, and the fans. But it it seems like you know we went we went away to Nantes and we were actually really good. It was the first time we were that good for for quite a while against Nantes. Um, yes, they were down to ten men, but still we we played well. We were creating chances. We we were combining uh, combining well in midfield. And then and then we we were just we were we were shocking the the following weekend. And it's like it feels like one step forward, two steps back at times. And that's that's the criticism is there's a lack of consistency in. In the approach, and there's there doesn't seem to be a, a style that that is is running through you know sort of a sort of style sort of um, a sort of way way of playing that is that is consistent and that players are, are adapted to, and there's also the, the the turnover question marks where he plays a strong team against against Moscow in, in seemingly a dead rubber game where we only needed a draw. And then we got away. I felt like we got away with it on Sunday against Strasbourg because we played the weekend starting eleven, and we, we won. But it, I, I saw the lineup, and I was thinking, Jesus Christ, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. I think you you make a good point. Like we um, we forget that, we, well, we didn't sort of talk about the fact that we were shit against Brest. You know, we looked great, um, quite good against Nantes, but then we played so poorly against Brest, and then. You know, it's the op- opposite against locomotive. It's very up and down, and I, I think it's what you said. I think it's the tinkering with the lineup that's part of the problem there. Um, we rarely put out the same lineup two games in a row. That can't be good, can it? I don't know. I, yeah, I'm. Oh, do you want to say something, Alex? Go on, go on, mate. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, it's there is a lot of of uh, there is a lot of of uh, tempering with the with with the lineups, but um. We might thank him, thank Sampaoli later for that. Uh, uh, later on, uh, you know, end of February and, and March, when uh, when uh, quite a lot of the teams in the top teams or or, or like challenging for um, for uh, top three teams in Liga, and I think this year there might be six, at least five or six of them, uh, with a chance. 
um, you know, then we we might thank him for that. That uh, that uh, or that we have a, a lineup of 18 to 20 players that are uh, uh, fit to play, that are uh, 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 that have we've that have had like play time, that that are feeling uh, part of the project, and etc. 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 Like I understand the the critics, and I'm myself, I'm sometimes like very puzzled by uh, by some of his choices, like. Um, when he's playing uh, players out of position, like uh, like uh, Rongier, uh, Rongier as a um, as a left back or or, or things like that, or you know, um, and and obviously you see that Rongier is much better as a you know sort of of like a, a number eight as we say in French. Um, but um, I don't know. It's uh, um, I think people are also, or uh, a, a fair amount of the of the of the OM supporters are um, are very doubtful of of Sampaoli. I think lots of people think he's a, a, a fraud. I'm not saying this for uh, for any of uh, of us uh, here or uh, or extra, but I, and that that I have a hard time to understand. Like, how, how can people uh, think that a guy like uh, with such a, a, a passion for the game and uh, and uh, and a science of football like Sampaoli has? Remember, we in Marseille, we're not a top eight uh, European uh, contender for a Champions League uh, uh, team. I think it's it's uh, it's more a, a chance to have a guy like him uh, uh, on board. And um, and even though I don't understand uh, always w- what's he doing, well, you know the the results on the, on, on the pitch are are are, are, are there. And um, and even the style of play, like like. Even though, even though it's not great, and even though we are we are nowadays a, 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 a somehow defensive team who creates few chance, few chances, um, I enjoy what I see globally. I enjoy what I see much more than uh, than uh, under Villas Boas, under uh, under Garcia, under uh, you know. I, I said I have to come back to to Bielsa maybe to enjoy myself as much. Um, so yeah, it's it's I don't know. I, I must say I'm. I'm I can understand some of the critics, but I think people are maybe a, a, a bit harsh. But of course, uh, we'll see at the end of the season. You know, if uh, we might, we, we might also be 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 a bit like lucky somehow uh, to get some of the results we we get in Liga at least. I think we we are a bit overperforming in Liga compared to 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 our uh, our chances, and it was the opposite in uh, in Europe. Uh, you know, of course, uh, of course, we, we might get much more unlucky, and uh, the the machine might get uh, might be, might get stuck, and and then I, I I'll, I'll eat I I'll eat my words later. But so far, I I, I trust uh, San Paoli personally. Okay, Alex, you wanted to just just before Alex says just to, to bounce off what Julien says is uh, yeah, San Paoli, whatever you say. Uh, it's it, I think it's 1.78 points on average out of uh, out of all the games since he's been here, and that's higher than anybody at OM since, oh, I can't even, since 1998, 1999 season? No, good point, Ben, good point. Since Corbis now, yeah, I guess it's since Corbis. Okay. Well, go ahead. Yeah, no, the view of Paulo, yeah, I think, look, I, I really like, you know, two-thirds of his philosophy. I like the the build-up with ball in feet, taking time, making some difference on the pitch, but um, to, to, to create a, a decalage, but then why I struggle is is the last third. And um, what was interesting is what we saw against Snarty, where we play with a lot more tempo up front, uh, with a lot more you know runs, deep runs, and try to 
to to to to play that high tempo, which really worked. And I think that was one of the best game of a of a long time. And then you have the game against Brest, and there was a lot less tempo up front. And I I, I don't quite understand why from a game to another it just changed. And it was the same against Lokomotiv. It was it was slow, um, struggled to really have have some big chances. And then, you know, it, it comes to the title that we say of, of this podcast, the OM of, of many faces, is because then we go to Strasbourg and we decide to put a lineup, especially up front, to play counter-attack, as you said, Ben. And then a lot of the time when we had some counter-attacking opportunities to play fast, we just didn't. Um, and pass the ball back and lose a lot of time. And then when you look the two number eight that you had, you had Gay and you had Ranger, which are not the kind of guy you want. You would want a Gerson and a Genduzi, for instance, in, in that role. So it didn't quite make sense. And then the few times where they did play fast and they did attack with speed against that defense, we created chances. So um, it's that question, why sometimes are we overly cautious in that last third? Because we have the speed, we have the talent, and we we just need a bit more of that movement. Um, And it's true that in terms of uh, of the overall tinkering of, of Sampaoli and from a game to another, like I, like, like we said, when when you put Genduzi and Gerson against a, a game that doesn't have much value against Locomotive, and then you put Gay and Rongier as eight, when you say, you know, it's such an important game at Strasbourg, you have some questions. And we didn't really control the game against Strasbourg. I think the the, the win was a bit lucky. And, you know, it's so important at the end of the year that, that we get that Champions League spot that... Sometimes, yeah, there's still some question on, on his tinkering. But, but you know, as I say, like two-thirds of the philosophy, I, I really like it. I really enjoy it. There's that tinkering and that luster that, for me, I still a bit of a question mark. To be fair, just to just to give my point of view on the locomotive game, um, we really needed a win there. Like, we, I don't think Samperli would have accepted to to end up the this uh, group stage without a single win. And a lot of people were on Twitter and everywhere were also talking about that, like, oh, many games, uh, Hoem has had like a zillion games in a row without a win. And, you know, we had to stop that. So I, I, I guess that's the, the main reason why he put a strong, uh, a strong 11 for that game. He, he really wanted to win, to win that one, even though we didn't play well. But, you know, I think it's a fair point. No, I think it's a fair point. And when you when you look at the stat, we haven't won at home that often, actually. So winning at home against, you know, quite a low team against Lo- Lokomotiv Moscow was important. But to put both Gerson and Genduzi um, and Under the pretty much the full game, so you don't have them at all against Strasbourg, and then against Strasbourg you try to play the ball control again with Gay as a number eight. I, I think the, the, the priority is not where it should be. I, I think we could have got a result against Moscow even with a with a lesser team. I, would I say. agree. I agree. I agree. Especially that we were we were not very good uh, against uh, against Locomotive. Yeah, has, even with a strong team. Yeah, <laughs> that's the paradox. Though, is well, yeah, I agree. Look, I, I was I was of the opinion that I wanted us to to qualify for Conference League and win the game and. Whatever, but I think it's when when you know you have a difficult game coming up, like we did on on Sunday against Strasbourg, who'd scored eight goals in the last two games. We're going away; they they were the best team at home uh, with PSG and Ligue 1. Um, and you sort of think, not only are you risking injury or or, or players being tired or or doing what he did, which is changing the lineup completely, 
but it's also it's like imagine the psychological clusterfuck if you lose against Moscow with the strong team. It's just it's it just felt like a double edged sword. And thankfully we made it through remotely unscathed. Uh, Angers got a red card sadly, but that is it is what it is. But yeah, it's just it's just it feels like a lot of risk for for very little rewards. Should we move on to the the game then? Um, just thinking we were going to run out of time, so we played Strasbourg on Sunday, and I mean, I watched the game again today. Sorry, because I missed um, the second half, but I watched it again today, and like, I don't know if it's maybe because I'd seen the result, but it didn't like the turn it the. 2-0 victory for me was quite um, flattering for, for Marseille I thought I thought it was quite a, a difficult game to watch but it wasn't it wasn't a pretty game to watch and it kind of and I think part of that might be down to the opposition it was you know do you know the best way of describing it is I felt it felt like an away performance a good away performance where you go somewhere and you you know we played like the away team um we were lucky in, in some ways not to concede goals, but we played like the away team and it very much felt like, you know, like, um, what's that um, I think, um, sort of cliche they always say in English football about uh, a cold night or something in Stoke? Kind of felt, yeah. that kind of feeling to it, you know, <laughs> like we've gone to a place against a team that are quite tough and hard to play and they're physical and, you know, it wasn't a pretty game, but um, yeah, and, and, but maybe like, Quite a you know a really I wouldn't say a comfortable win but a good win um but yeah I wasn't really I wasn't blown away actually I didn't really enjoy watching it that much I have to admit despite except for the superb goal from Bamba Dieng what about you guys what did you think I mean the, the first half I I was having flashbacks to the Strasbourg game from last year thinking half oh, for fuck's sake like here we go again you know it's just like. Are we gonna? It's a, it's a lackluster performance from from pretty much both teams. Not a lot going on. A lot of, a lot of, uh, especially on our side, a lot of you know losing the ball cheaply, miscontrolling, mispassing. Um, then, as you say, I think as Alex said earlier, the minute the minute we start seemingly applying the, the game plan, which was to counter attack, Sam Pauli said after. Um, we, we got chances and uh, I think, you know, I was very happy. Yes, it's a fantastic goal. I was also happy that Luis Enrique finally, you know, found found some some joy and, and got the assist as well. Um, but it's, yeah, I agree with you, Steph. It's the, the best way. You've summarised it perfectly. It was the perfect away performance. We dug deep. Strasbourg had chances, but they, they, they were half chances not a single I think one of them was probably a decent chance Paulo Lopez made a made a, a decent save but it was straight at him but yeah there was it was half chances with headers that, that weren't on on target but they still won the, the the battle and they got through a few times and they scuffed a few shots and and I just think it's credit to the defense we, we were very compact yet again um but yeah, that's that's what I was saying earlier. It's just it's just we've seen that they're capable of better. We've seen we've seen OM away to Nantes um just just the week before that we, we can play decent football, we can we can combine, we can play forwards, um, and, and we can we can create chances and, and whatever, but we're not very good at taking them. But Sunday we were. We were very realist, realistic. Uh we took our chances, we scored two goals, 
Um, and and we, you know, we'd, I think before Moscow, guys, we've gone 83 corners without a goal. And we've got two in the last two games. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I think I uh, this Strasbourg game, like, uh, remembered me a, a few things about um, about our team. Like, uh, I think it told us that... Um, Against this sort of team like Strasbourg, who is, who is quite solid and who is uh, not fighting officially for top five, but um, you know they are strong and they are not they are not far away from us. Like I think they could uh, even have almost have passed us uh, last uh, on they Sunday if they would have won. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So uh, you know they are they are they are a very uh, serious team. Um, uh, against team like that away, we have very. If you if you look at the quality of our squad, we are not way above them. We have to compose with that. I think we will have to compose with that uh, all the rest of the season. Um, I think that's what maybe some people a bit forget to 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 remember or, or or maybe don't accept or I don't know. I think we are just marginally better than a team like that and. In that regard, that's why I guess the the strategy of Sampaoli was uh, was quite good, like this perfect uh, counter attack and yeah, playing the the away team. That said, yes, it was uh, this game could have could have gone either way. It could have been a draw. Uh, Strasbourg could have taken it. Who knows what would have happened wi- without um, the master strike from uh, from Dieng? And to be honest, is this sort of shoot? You, you, we all know that, like a bicycle, bicycle kick like that, you can try it 50 times and you're you're happy if it goes once in. So, so a, a, a great strike like that is always a, a real pleasure and it's always a fantastic moment. But you also have to admit that that uh, it's uh, you know it's part of luck. It's 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 quite lucky. So 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 in a way we got quite lucky. Actually, I think Strasbourg got almost. Uh, Two times, uh, twice as as much uh, X, S, XG as, as as we had. So I don't know what you guys think about XG as a statistics, but it tells. I some, love stats. I love guess. the stats. Yeah, I guess it tells something though. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's all for me for now. Yeah, so um, add a little something on that game. I think we just won it on talent. Um, it's just the, the the talent that you have on the pitch. You know, the Payet, the speed of uh, Enrique. And Diang, and that's what just made the difference. And then, you know, we talk a lot about Sampaoli, but at the end of the day, I think a lot of the great results we have is down to Longoria, who's been able to 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 elevate the the you know the talent pool of of that squad uh, tremendously from a year to another. Because um, I don't I don't think we played really well in that game. I think we we really struggled in the build up. Um, Lately, what we've been really good is, you know, you start with the back four and we find basically Rongier in the right back as the open man. And then you can combine with Ganduzi and so on. And for that game, we had Lirola on the right back, which is not good with the ball. We didn't have Ganduzi in the middle to combine with. And we just didn't have the standard, you know, progression that we had over the last, the last few months. And the team really struggled to build anything, I thought. Um, so that's why I had some question of, of the decision that Sampaoli made. But but when you have the talent of a Payet and, and when you have Jiang, I mean, we need to say a little something on, on Jiang. Like he's, he's been missing pretty much every shot over the last three games. The guy is just like 22 years old and his first real year as a pro. And you think, he, you know, he will doubt and struggle. And, and the guy just try um, 
uh, a cycler can, can just ride in the top corner. It's just amazing. His mental strength and and believing himself is just something that we we need to to remember. And I think these guys are has a bright future if we develop him well. Um, he got, he got, we, were, we were saying in the group <coughs> flashbacks of Ibrahima Bakayoko, you know, missing all the six. Yeah. <laughs> from one year to the next, he goes from Bakayoko to Papa. <laughs> it was it was actually a Papangol. It was exactly that. Um, and, and a lot of people are trying to compare it as, as Mama Junyang, but I don't see that at all because the guy is he, not he's not a dribbler. He doesn't have the same kind of movement as Nyang. He's really much yeah, in a way like a, like a Bakayoko and. Hopefully, will it will develop. I, I think he has uh, actually his, his shooting technique. Usually, is really good. I know sometimes he has some huge misses, but but the technique, the way he strikes the ball, the way it moves, the where he goes, usually they're, they're good shots. So um, I think if if he can play, uh, you know, often and start to get his confidence and so on and 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 work hard, I think I think he can be a really good striker. Especially for us when we play away and you want that kind of speed in a bit of a counter-attack. You know, he's been amazing at Monaco, which has exactly the same kind of setup. He starts on the side, but he's, he's really a striker coming in uh, at an angle. And that works really well. So, um, so yeah, look, and next game we have, uh, we have a Coupe de France and, and, and Reims. And the beauty with St. Pauli is nobody has any clue what kind of lineup we're going to have. So, um, yeah, it's always fun to follow them, that's for sure. No, no, we don't. Um, okay, um, yeah, I, I kind of agree about Dieng. His, uh, his shooting technique is very good. It's his, his shooting accuracy that's the problem. His finishing is poor. But he's certainly confident. His confidence really surprises me, actually. Um, it's not just the, the goal as an example, but if you think back, I think it was the Galatasaray game that we were talking about in the show about how he was the one player that was, despite the fact that the chips were down and everyone, you know, we were playing so badly, he was the one player that was just, you know, trying to make something happen. He's certainly, like, he's got a good mentality. I'm, I'm quite impressed with that aspect of his game. Um, totally. Now... I think that probably leads us into doing tops and flops. Um, so who wants to do tops and flops first? Who wants to go you first? Can, you go first. You go first. I haven't really decided, so I can, <laughs> you guys go, okay. can you go first. You go first. Um, tops, um, Chiletta Tsar for his return was was solid. Um, I mean, look, we've, we've been solid defensively and that. That is the one thing you can credit Sampoli for. And, you know, we've changed the backline quite a bit, bit in recent games. And we've kept quite, a, quite an impressive number of clean sheets, regardless of the personnel. And Saliba is a, is a big part of, of that, um, just because he's, he's a beast of a, of a defender. I was quite impressed, actually, against Moscow. He actually played um, in, in that sweeper position. Usually he plays on the right side, but against Moscow he played sweeper and he was, he was great. Apart from one time, I think he gave the ball away, then he won it back. But um, So I'd say Chiletta Tsar, uh, Dieng for his, his resilience, as you guys have said, you know, missing and, and keeping his belief. Um, and uh, I thought that, uh, I, I have to admit, I thought that was one of Gay's better games for, for quite a while. I think Gay did, did pretty well in that game. Um, considering he was, he's been quite poor in the last few outings and I've, I've I've been I've been shitting all over him. Um, so flops. He got the worst ratings by all the analysts and the fussy. Yeah. Well, he, he always gets rated badly, but but I 
again, again, I'm not saying he was he was great. I'm just I'm just trying to highlight that I saw a bit of progress and I hope that it continues. <laughs> um, the, the, the problem is that he wasn't at his position, poor guy. Like he's not a number eight. He's, eight he's, yeah, he's he's a six at best. Yeah, he's a six. Exactly. And he needs to sit as a six. If not, no, he's going to struggle. He, he can. It's not like. It's not completely out of his comfort zone. Um, it's worse when he's playing on the left wing. <laughs> like, I think yeah, that's can, true. We can expect him to be able. You should be able to do a job as an eight. He had a he had a decent chance in the first half, didn't he? He had a good. Uh, there was a, a good shot from a corner. Yeah, it was. A, it was a, uh, his his shooting technique's pretty damn good. He scored the way to end, didn't he, last year? And he's got a good left foot on him if he has time to to line up a shot. Um, and in the flops, um. It's hard to pick a flop. Lirola, but uh, you know, I hate bashing him. He, he's been a bit better, but again, he just he just doesn't bring what what what. I don't know if that's the, the the you know the instructions he's given or if he's if he is genuinely lacking confidence and struggling as well. I think it's a bit of both. But yeah, he was he was lackluster again. And um, for saying that if the system and plan was the counter attack, you're relying on him to overlap, and he, he just didn't get forwards. Um, and I thought that. Um, who was who? Who was in midfield? Rongier, Rongier started, didn't he? Yes, Rongier, Rongier started. So Rongier yeah. played. Rongier yeah, as an eight, as an yeah, eight. Exactly. Yes, yeah, so Rongier, exactly that. So that was it. Rongier, he he seemed to be tasked with. Strangely, um, after playing on the right for the last few games, he was suddenly thrust into the Jerson role of playing the false nine slash. Number eight, swapping with Payet, and and bless him, I love him. I think he's he's he's. If I had to pick a, a top player, an unsung hero for the first half of the season, it'd be him. But he struggled. That's it for me. Yeah, I agree. It, yeah, so I'll, I'll I'll go. So um, obviously, I think you know, in terms of the top, as as you said, um, uh, Bombardier should be there just because. Well, he's got an amazing goal after. Uh, Missing some easy shots, and you you have to give it to him. That that's what made the difference. Um, I mean, Payet is just the best player on the pitch at every game this season. Um, not not just best player of of our team, but just the best player on the pitch. It's just uh, was amazing again um, at Strasbourg, and basically Loem is his team this year. And how well we would do will depend on on him to stay fit and motivated. Um, and then I, I would like to add a little word on on Paul Lopez uh, because, look, as a keeper, he, he doesn't look like Manuel Neuer or anything like that. But the guy has just been amazing. Um, there's so many chances and shots that he's able to save on his line. There's actually two shots from uh, Ajax that, that he saves. And then the guy just comes pretty much to the middle of the pitch to, to help in the build-up. And, um, yeah, I, th- I think he was... One of the key players as well. Um, in terms of flop, you could say Luis Enrique wasn't really good. Um, he struggled to find the right positioning, the right run. But thankfully, he had that that one good run and good cross as he, he, he knows how to do. And that made a difference. And as I mentioned also before, I don't think Lirola is really good in the way we're playing now. Uh, so he plays in what people say is his, his actual position right back but the, the way we play you find you find you know you, you play the defense around you, you you go around them and find usually on the right on, on the right back and every time you had the ball in the position where, where Rongier has you, you're almost like the guy controlling the tempo and almost like a number 10 from an angle and 
he just struggled very much to to see the game. He struggled with his technique. And I don't know if it's a question of confidence, a question of putting too much on on his plate, um, are that kind of role with the Sampaoli way of playing. But if it's not a straight line, full of speed, get a crossing or, or a shot, he, he really struggled in the middle of the pitch to help on, on you know, create any differences. Um, he, he, yeah. his, role, his role reminds me, remember when we had Mauricio Islam, who could yes. play both positions, but but he was actually good at it. I yeah. get I, you do you get the feeling that that maybe somebody's trying to make make him into an Islam, but he's he, he's either he's taking longer to adapt, or or quite simply he's just not fit to play. He's just he just can't do it. And at some point we're going to have to either stop stop the experiment and put him in in the best conditions to get the best out of him, or drop him. Yeah. And look, and, and that's where you can realize how much you know Rongier has been good this year because he plays in that right back position. But actually, he's there. He's he's always free, and then you always find that pass inside to Genduzi or to Payet or whatever. And then we're able to combine and as a team go up on on the pitch and just really well. But the key is to find that you know that, that right back who who finds the right spot to be free, and then everything builds up from the right side. And you could see that every game with Rongier we always really build up on that right side. And the only game where we really struggle on that side was against Strasbourg. And we actually build up a lot more on the left, which is first time in ages. And I think it's because we had Lirola there who, who just struggle in that slow build up, slow passing, movement, positioning, instead of just, you know, bombing down the right, uh, which is what he can really, really do well. Uh, but it's not what we're asking him to do right now in this position. I'm kind of confused what he's saying because um, Mauricio Ila, if that's how you say his name, Isla, um, yeah. Isla uh, he, when he played for us, he played as a defensive midfielder. He wasn't used as a right wing back, despite that being yeah, the position that he was playing before he came to. Um, so, so when when, <clears throat> when he played for, for Chile with Bielsa and then Sampoli, he, he had, remember Bielsa had this thing of the wing yeah, backs tapping inside like JJJ used to do. And that's what Isla. That's why he adapted to play in midfield is because he was, you know, he learned that over the years in that tactic with those managers. And I, I just get the feeling that Sampoli is probably trying to, to to repeat the the miracle with 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 Lirola, but it's it's just not working. I think what what Lirola is what's happening for him now is that his best position is actually right winger when you have Milik. So you know he can use his speed. He's good at crossing. And Milik just won crosses in in the box. Um, and I mean, his crossing's been really shit recently, though. <laughs> yeah, well, that's where he should be good. <laughs> um, I mean, problem we have one of the things I have against against some is when we we play that kind of game with a lot of crosses, there's actually pretty much only Milik in in the box, so it's never going to work anyway. Uh, we need a lot of the midfielder to come in. The Genduzi, Gerson came in a little bit, but you know we need a lot more people on in, in the box, which hasn't happened. Um, but yeah, now Lirola seems like right now with Rangier doing so well at that right back position, uh, Lirola can only be a, a right winger in in the big games. Um, and even at that, he's not he's not quite doing it as well as he was last year. Julian. Uh, yeah, well, uh, I'll, I'll be quite brief because I have I, I don't have much uh, nothing new to add. Um, so the top and flops, uh, yeah, Payet, uh, Payet was great. Um, Dieng, 
even though of course i mean after a goal like that even though you know the global the global performance was um was uh, you know not not that great but this goal is you know is one of the is one of the nicest goal uh, in ligue 1 so far this season so uh, so Great. The it, flop. It should, win, it should win goal of the month, but Messi's going to score a penalty, and that will be goal of the month. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. But yeah. Um, and uh, and uh, yeah, the flops. Yeah, we we mentioned Lirola. I agree. It's quite limited. Gay also quite limited. Um, it's great that uh, Luis Enrique uh, got an assist, but to be fair, I think he's been he's been quite weak. Also globally, like he's too timid. He doesn't, you know. It's always like you always make you, you know. If you actually compare with Yang, you know, they could be a bit the same, the same sort of of profile, like uh, young players with a lot to prove and a lot of speed and etc. And they they are a bit different in their game, but you know, uh, there can be some comparison. Yang uh, is like uh, exactly like Yang doesn't ask. Uh, he's full of confidence and and just. Uh, uh, you know, he's like he's 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 really going for it, and um, and you always think that uh, Luis Enrique is he's a bit you know he's too shy. There's he's too shy. Is uh, and okay, he got an assist, but I think it's Michel it's, it's Michel Platini who once said that um, that actually um, as a joke, but um, if um, you know if someone scores from a bicycle kick, it's because the the cross was not good. So. Um, so <laughs> you know, I think he said that, yeah. I think he said that once. I think he said that once, yeah. I don't know if he wanted to have a go at Papin or or whatever, or at uh, or at OM from uh, from that time, but um, I think he said that, yeah. But I think he said it jokingly, yeah. But he, you know, it's not absurd, it's not an absurd uh, remark, though. It, it, of course, like if you have to, to score a bicycle kick, you have to be totally out of position. So, I mean, I mean, look, Payet, as Alex said, Payet was arriving and he'd lined it up. Uh, if we were talking about Cristiano Ronaldo's goal for Madrid, the way to Juventus, then yes, fair dues, you know, there was no one else there and it was a miracle. Um, but <laughs> I'd never heard that before, that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. And I think you're really right on what you say of, uh, of Luis Enrique. What's interesting is Jang always tried to do this run diagonally, you know, going to the keeper, if you see what I mean. While Luis Enrique, he always tried just to stay on the line to, to do these crosses. And I think if he just tried to be that crossing guy, he's going to be very limited. The guy's the speed, the strength to also go to the goal and, and make a difference. And if he doesn't try to do the, these, you know, run going inside towards the goal so you can give him a, a through ball and he goes one-on-one -on -one against the keeper, if he doesn't try to do these runs, he will be limited and he will struggle to, to, to get a lot of game time, I think. Agreed, agreed. Okay, um, I don't really have much to say, to be honest. Uh, I just usually kind of said everything, but I'll just say that a couple of names that I thought you know, for tops, obviously Dieng and Payet, maybe Chuitasar. Yeah, Paul Lopez was not bad. <laughs> um, I did, I did chuckle um, to myself there when you mentioned them, and especially when you when you began the sentence with news, um, and I heard the words Manuel Nua, and I thought, oh my God, where's he going with this? Um, but yeah, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't too, too bad. Um, but yeah, yeah, he, he made some good saves. Um, Obviously, you know, as I've said, I'm not a massive fan of him generally, but you know, he's 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 doing decent 
recently. Um, okay, okay, let, let, let's go no, there. Why, no, why are you not no. a massive fan? Because he doesn't inspire confidence in me. I think some of his distribution is actually really poor, despite the fact that he is labelled as a sweeper keeper, like ball playing goalkeeper. I actually don't think a lot of his passing and his it really is very good. Um, and also, uh, yeah, he just he looks like he's an accident waiting to happen. And I think as a goalkeeper, he's decent, but I, I actually don't think he's like that commanding. Um, I think there's much better like short stoppers and, and, and so on than him. Keepers that are better on, um, in the air. I think he's just okay at all these things. Um, and, but as I said, I think he's he's he's, he's a Oh, he, to me, he he just looks like someone who's going to make a, mis- a big mistake at some point. Um, he's, but he's been okay he's, so far. So he's I, judged on his looks because he doesn't look good. No, he doesn't pass the eye test. It's simple as that, right? Jesus, the, but he's he's performing okay, you know. But I wouldn't say no, but I, he, I he's not he's, he's, he's not spectacular like you're making out, Alex. He's okay, like he's, he's not. He's, he's not spectacular because he's well positioned. Uh, anyway, so it's, Ben, it's, were you going to say something quite, there? Yeah, it's quite rare that I come in and play the mediator. <laughs> Usually, I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm strongly for or against, but um, I, you know, credit to, to Jeremy, he said this. He's, he's stat banking, and I don't think he's a terrible keeper, but I think he's being he's being very fortunate that he's made to look better than he is because of the stats. And <clears throat> I'd like, I, I, if this was Oem from last year when the defending was appalling and he was having to face a lot of shots I don't think he's I think we'd all be shitting on him um so I agree with both of you in a way that confidence breeds confidence right continuity and consistency of not conceding and playing with the back line um we wouldn't be this this good this good statistically defensively if if it wasn't working for everybody from a communication and confidence point of view but at the same time He's not, Steph, you're right. He's not being asked to do a lot. And if he was under pressure, well, we saw Galatasaray, right? Not not many of the goals are his fault. I don't think, I think maybe one of them is maybe his fault where he could have done better. But the fact is he conceded four goals from five shots. And he, I think if, if he's facing relentless attack, 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 he will concede a lot more than a Mondanda would. But in our control build-up and our control system where we, we tend to limit the, the opposition to very few chances even though we seem to concede a lot of their few chances, he, he's made to look better than he is. Okay, so I'll, I'll move on anyway, because um, I think we've heard enough about Paulo Lopez and clearly Alex has bought crypto tokens and Paulo Lopez. So um, <laughs> the um, other the flops, Roger, I wasn't really like wowed by him in that game. I mean, you guys are saying, yeah, you guys are like in the right side. Like you guys are saying, like Lerola is a weak point. Um, I just like I don't know. Like there was things when I was seeing, like attacks coming down um, the right side, and, and Hongier looked to me like someone who was just struggling a little bit at times. Uh, I mean, no one was bad. I don't really want to shit on anyone. No one was terrible or anything. But yeah, he maybe seemed as a, a weak point to me, and 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 as always, the Juan Perez kind of similar thing. But I mean, not a bad game. Just like you know, ask me who's the worst in, of of the eleven. I would say these guys probably looked weakest to me. But I don't want to say that they were that they had a bad game or anything. I think that would be unfair. They were. I think it was a fairly solid performance all round. Um, 
Should we just skip takeaways? I feel like we've probably said so much about the team and where we're at um, before the Strasbourg game anyway. Um, and maybe we can just move straight on to the um, Conference League draw. Because uh, let's see what people think about that. Just thinking, looking at the time, it's, it's 9 o'clock <laughs> already. Um, so we drew with Karabag as a Bajani team. They were in the Champions League, weren't they? I mean, I, I don't think we'll have a lot to not say about year, that, to be honest. <laughs> I do not know fuck all about this team, right? But they were in the Champions League, weren't they? Like, not this year, but the year, was it the year before or was it they were in the Champions League? The first League? time, yeah, I can, I can stat them. So they played French opposition six times. They have no wins, but they drew twice a few years, I think it was three or four years ago against Saint-Étienne in the group stage. Um, okay, so we will fuck it up just to make you a first, right? It's very far away to go and play, to be honest. It's it's really far (laughs) away. It's it's the type of game, right? Let's let's. So here, here's the facts. So they they have like all the Eastern Bloc teams. um, They have very long winter breaks. So we will actually be. They will only have have started their. It's not pre-season, but they will have only restarted their league two weeks before they play us in the first leg. The first legs at home, guys. Let's be honest about this. If we can't win comfortably at home, there's no fucking point. I mean, at that at that point, if we have to send Payet and those guys and Genduzi on the, on a seven hour flight to to Baku, um, and we need to go go out there to get a result, it's like you sort of question the whole meaning of life and go, what was the point of, of beating <laughs> Moscow yeah. if we're not going to take this seriously <laughs> and play it properly? So I often question the meaning of life. Support Marseille, you know. <laughs> None of the games would have been easy. Let's face it. Look, they, none of them look difficult on paper, but this is OM, and you know we're capable of winning two 0 away at Strasbourg on a fluke like Sunday and shitting ourselves at home at Brest when we put in a much better performance on Sunday. So you you can't have it both ways. I would rather. I'm happy Marseille still in the European Cup. Marseille equals European Cup for me. That's our DNA. It's a bit like Liverpool. Now. Apparently, it's emerged that, that Longoria and McCourt are like, look, we 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 want to go all the way. We want to, this is a trophy that is winnable for us in our point of view. We'll see. I agree. On paper, it, it, we are one of the favourites because we're one of the only clubs that has European pedigree. But we all know that in in practice, that doesn't always that never works out. Almost so. If we take this competition seriously, I'm not worried about that type of op- well. I shouldn't be worried about that type of opposition, but. Uh, let, they're, yes, they're not. They're not a shit team. They're not. They're not part timers. So let's let's get all of that out of the way and not not take it lightly. Well, I just checked uh, the squad and they've only got one player I've heard of, which is um, <laughs> Zubia. They used to play for Lance. Yeah. yeah. But in the same right, time, yeah. as, as as you guys said, if we don't make a difference in in the first game, we know that the the return leg out there will be difficult. Um, there's no doubt about that. They, they, they'll wait for us. Um, for, for me, this competition, you know, I love Europe. Um, I think it's it's what OM is all about. But but this year we really have a chance to finish uh, top three in the league. So um, we have a big enough squad to rotate in this Conference Cup and uh, give some game time for the young guys like a Jang, like a Luis Enrique, and so on. Like I not uh, yeah, like Mandanda, exactly. Um, I really don't want to see a Payet or Genduzi or Rongier injury uh, in, in this competition, which would really impact our team 
uh, in the league. That would be such a bad calculation. Um, you know, Champions League qualification is what, 30 million, 40 million? And in, in, in comparison, going, you know, uh, far in the conference cup that nobody really follows, I don't think it's worth the risk. So if we rotate, play 100%, rotate, play a lot of our young players, I think I'm all for it. If we start to play, you know, our, our, our senior top guys, then I, I don't think it's it's worth the worth the shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least uh, at least uh, until we can make it to the to the quarters or something like that. Yes. And you know, yes. after when it's done to like four, five, five games before you can actually win it, then sure. But if if you can make it quite far with. Uh, with a mostly uh, with a mostly like B team or uh, or A prime team, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm also all, all for that. Exactly. It cannot be it cannot be a, a a main objective this this cup. Yeah, but if you get far in it, then you know if we get past the next couple of rounds, then we have to be thinking that we're going to try and win it. I think otherwise Absolutely. there's no point. So so yeah, um, I think like by a certain point you've got to throw everything. At it. But yeah, I mean, the league is a priority, isn't it? Getting in the Champions League so we can get eliminated in the qualifiers of the Champions League every year. Or, 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 or pick up no points in the group, apparently. That's the priority. Yeah, but it's about the money, the, isn't it? It's about the money. That's, that's the reality, really... though, guys. Like, we talk about the money, but fuck's sake, I want, you know, if, if we go far, imagine we win it. Like, it's a trophy. Just, just silverware. Silverware is the thing. Yes, money's important, but it's not your, no, but... your money stuff. It's not my money. If, no. If McCaw- Sorry. No, no, no. Yeah, go on, go on. No, I was saying if McCaw has said to to Longoria, and this is, and if this is true, what what the report's saying, we want we're playing it to win it. Then, then for me, he's also he's also my answer. If I'm Longoria, is well, Frank, okay, but what if it costs us Champions League qualification? Then if you're if you're you know if you're McCaw, you've accepted that and you're going to pay for it, and that's it, and that's the end of story. It's not our problem. Um, and I, I, but I think it's a problem because if you don't have Champions League, you can't track the best player. Maybe you don't have enough cash to buy to buy the next round of players. I, I agree. And, and I also, agree. you struggle to sell. You struggle to sell your players if you're not in the Champions League, and that's why you have been doing so well for so many years because they have this Champions League qualification. And okay, Champions League. Okay, we're not going to do much. But then you finish third. You're back in uh, quarterfinal or whatever of of UEFA Cup and of Europa Cup. And you still then can win that competition. I think Europa League is a competition we can win. But we, going we, through we the Champions need... League, getting the money, and then trying to win the Europa League is the way forward. If we have a Payet injury this year, we fucked. Yeah, but I agree with you. This is this is where this is where I'll meet you halfway. If the the, the objective has to be get to the quarterfinals without without playing the the, the A-listers, unless yes. it's at home. And then fine, I'm happy that we take it seriously if we're not if we're not suffering from it in the league, right? I agree with that. And and we we all know the scenario, guys. Let's let's not let's not bullshit. What's gonna happen is everybody will take the piss out of us for playing in the Mickey Mouse Cup. And then when every other French team gets dumped out of European competitions and we're the only only French team left in the Mickey Mouse Cup in March, everybody's gonna be creaming their pants. So so (laughs) fuck all this public opinion shit. If we manage to get to quarterfinals and we have a clear shot and we're like, fuck it, this is actually, if we do this properly, it's winnable, I will love it. I, will I, think, I, think, I think we're all agreeing, to be honest. I think we're actually all saying the same thing, really. Yeah, um, true. Yeah. So, what, yeah. what we're saying I is don't play Payet in the 
sorry. I think we will win against Rennes uh, in the final in the extra time. <laughs> 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 On the penalty kick scored by Mandanda for his last game. Him who him who said that he always uh, dreamt of uh, of scoring a penalty kick. Maybe right, in the final of the Mickey Mouse Cup. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna move on there. We've got one last Let's thing move on, yeah. to talk about. So very quickly, it's just about uh, Kamara, who's supposedly um, decided he will not renew his contract and will leave Marseille. And there seems to be a lot of big clubs are starting to sniff around him. So I'm hearing rumours of Man United, Barcelona, for example. I think Juventus maybe. I think we're one that because he's you know available for free, so everyone's looking for a cheap, a cheap bargain. I I I I'll just say I, I've consistently said in this podcast that I really don't want him to leave. That I felt that he's a player that we should be building around, but his performances have dipped recently. And um, although maybe that's down to um, the system he's playing in, whether or not it suits him. Um, I don't think he's ready for any of those kind of clubs. Though I think if he goes to somewhere like that, would, his career will sort of. Um, sort of kind of come off track a little bit and he might find himself a bit lost I look at, I look at how Mbula I know he's a different kind of player and Mbula with the port we didn't go to Man United or anything, but I, you know, I think it's quite easy for a young player to kind of lose, lose um, I guess lose sight of the, the goals to sort of just fall off a little bit you know so I think you have to be I would if you went to a, a club that I would be worried about his career personally Anyway. Well, Alex and I are both 100% in agreement. I'll just say this and I'll let you guys go afterwards. But um, look, the, the fact is, we tried. To, we, there was offers from Newcastle, Wolves, um, Valencia last summer, allegedly on deadline day. Longoria obviously said, yeah, 15 million for someone who's free in a year. Here, here you go. He turned those clubs down. The fact is, the only way he's going to get into one of those top teams, and I, I my, my money is on Milan personally, is if he's a free agent. And I agree with you, Steph. He, he would never go there if they had to pay 12, 15, 20, 30 million, as people were, were, were thinking um, over ambitiously a couple of years ago. Because he's, let's face it, I think we've we've all, well, I, I've stopped a long time ago. A lot of OM fans look at him through rose t- tinted glasses. Oh, you know, one of our own, blah, blah, blah. He's just, he's not kicked on. He, he's no, out of the. I don't I, I, oh, no, I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't agree because I, I was like, for, people did that with Lopez stuff. I was always, I was always not convinced by Lopez. I'm, I, I think Kamara is really is genuinely. He, a, he's a, good. A good he's player. better. He's better. But the only way he's getting into one of those top clubs is if he's a free agent because they 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 don't want to take a, a gamble of paying 15, 20, 30 million for him. So fair play to him. That's his strategy. Uh, it's not cool. You know, Nasri had had the, the the conviction to to extend, and then we got a fee for him. Flamini fucked off, but hard to blame him. He had an amazing career after that with Milan and, and Arsenal. Um, look, it is what it is. Uh, let's move on. You know, it's just like I, I don't blame him. I blame I, well, I do blame him for 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 for, for managing his own interests and not putting the club first. Is 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 the club who gave him a chance of professional. I also blame it all and Zubi two, three years ago should have locked locked him down, five-year contract, but apparently he refused, which is whatever. It is what it is. The only way he's getting into a top club, as I, I agree with you, Steph, he's not ready and he will, I think he will flop if he goes to, if, if for whatever reason, a Chelsea or someone like that snaps him up. I don't think he's adapted to Premier League. If he went to Milan, I think he, he, he's got a much better chance of making it big. I think, I, I, I'm just going to say a few words. I, um, about the the the, the non renewal of of the contract, I, I guess I'll um, 
I'll be more much more open to talk about it uh, after the after the first of January, because um, because un until it's not done, you uh, you know maybe some people have like a bit like insiders information or or rumors or things like that. I don't have any information, of course. I don't even follow much uh, Mercato news and things like that because transfers news and extra. It's it's not something I I particularly like in football, so I I I don't follow it much. So personally, I see there is what a bit uh, like something like two weeks left for him to 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 maybe sign. Uh, if he doesn't, then then I'll I'll, uh, I'll comment. But uh, until that, um, I still keep a glimmer of hope. And um, yeah, apart from that, I think he's gonna if either if he leaves as a free agent, I don't think he's yet uh, fit also to make it to a to a top club. Um, so I think it's a mistake, but of course I'm biased also because I want him to stay with us, and and you know like uh, getting, uh, but you know we cannot sell him the same dream than what Villas Boas told him when Villas Boas said, um, uh, stay with us one more year and uh, we'll we'll have a go at Champions League. We had a go, we had a go at Champions League with him. He was one of the rare players that actually gave his best. And we were shit. True. So of course we could hope that we could hope that some with some Pauli it would be better next year if we are there, but we can't really blame him for 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 trying to sell him that again because well you know we did it once and and we saw we saw it went so yeah it's um it's like a it's a bit of a pity if he goes but modern football. Absolutely, I I agree. Uh, to be honest, I think that as Ken as you were saying. The, I think that you can't really blame him for not wanting to commit to a long-term contract. The club have been in a bit of a mess for years and he's a promising young player and he deserves to have... Yeah, he needs assurances over his future. So I think it's, so, it's fair enough that he's tried to keep his options open um, from his perspective. Um, and I think if OM can't prom couldn't promise him... Uh, a, a good solid project for him to develop in and pay him the kind of money he's going to get elsewhere then um, it's not he's not to blame it's the club for not getting the shit together in my view um, but it's sad that it ends this way and I would be disappointed that he leaves on a free I think that would, that would suck um, just sign a contract you know I'm going to go back to all the stuff I said last year <laughs> um, just sign and then go like when I was complaining about Tovan and you know um but anyway, like, yeah, I would if he's going to leave, at least sign a contract and and, and get a fee, bring in a, a small fee for us, you know. Um, yeah, that's it, really. But the thing for him, when you look at his perspective, like he could get, I don't know, a bonus maybe not far from ten million euros. It's just life changing. How, how uh, maybe he will sign a contract for two, three million for for him. But I think the difference with Nasri, Nasri was a. You know, a super talented offensive midfielder who had a lot of clubs who wanting him. With Camara, is very different. Like Camara is a very good defensive midfielder slash defender. Offensively, in terms of the distribution and so on, he's not top level. He's good, maybe really good, but he's not top level. Um, I think we'll be able to replace him with the guy that is a bit better on the ball. Um, so I'm not too worried about that. It's just, as you say, it's just a bit sad that uh, 
he, he will leave the club. Uh, he just played the game, and he, at the end of the day, he took risks as well because if he plays now and you know fucks up his knee and can't play anymore, well, he, he will miss out on so much money from a you know having the the, the security of having a long term contract with with us, and he, he's he's playing the, the the contract game, and thanks to that, he will have a career in a big club. Um, I think his his future could be in a three at the back, you know, uh, like a, a team like a Sevilla or something. I always thought he could do like what Kunde did. And I think he would be really good at, at that because he's, he's good on the ball for a, for a central defender, but he's not amazing on the ball if you put it as a six, which is a distributing six, like a lot of the tip, top clubs are uh, want now. So um, let's see. I think the decision on, on the club and the style of, Play of that club will, will uh, decide a lot of uh, where his career uh, will, will go in terms of where it will develop. Yeah, it's strange that Sampali never really tested him at the back because he seemed to always seem to me like he would work well in a back three like this. Well, so. He did last year. <laughs> it, 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 yeah, there's two things. He did last year as a as the right uh, central defender against Lorient. He was really good. Actually, he was Keys yeah, but how, how many how many occasion. times has he played in that role? But no, but because we had some good central defenders and we didn't really. <laughs> have, <laughs> it doesn't suck. Yeah, <laughs> no, last year they were shit. Man. Yeah, no, but this year, this year you, you wouldn't swap him with a Saliba. Oh, I don't know. I, 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 I don't. I don't really. Uh, Saliba, yeah, but otherwise, I, I'm not really. I, I don't rate any of our central defenders. I I think. Wait, how can you say that? No, I don't. I really don't like. I, I don't rate Best any of our central defenders. No, no, like, There's defence in the league. Collect, that's because, also, do you know also, what? We, we play with four, like, arguably we're playing with four defenders and central defenders in the pitch if you count Kamara as a, nat- you know, as a natural position as a central defender. Like, we, we're, we're defending well because of numbers, but individually, like, the players are all, like, a bit ropey at times. You can't say that you... Apart from Saliba, yeah, I agree. They I agree. are all, they're, they're all, like, Everyone I ever speak to about Marseille, like I say, this group's so always like, oh, I'll be watching them, but some of your defenders are a bit, ugh. like they're not, they're not great defenders. So I think there's a, he, he, it's true. He could force his way in there. I don't think it's impossible, but the coach has to see him in that position as, as being an option, and he clearly doesn't. So and he, he's he's been really good as that kind of defending six, and that that's what the team needed, especially as we we try to attack and play higher up on the pitch. You know, in the French league, you get a lot of counter attack with super fast guys, and Kamara is really good at being that kind of number six, almost like a sweeper that would you know uh, c- cut these these counter attack before they they really develop. He's really good at this. Um, now the question as a number six. Going forward in a bigger club, I don't think his distribution is is what you know a, a Chelsea would want or a, uh, or even a Man United, to be honest. If I may, j- just say one thing. Uh, uh, you said that a lot of our defenders uh, feel quite ropey, apart from Saliba. Um, well, we still have to remember that not so long time ago we used to play with Rolando and Hugo Chan and players like that. Gloria. So. <laughs> And a few and, overs, and, and, and a few overs of whose names I cannot remember. I mean, and Rami after the World Cup, which was a yeah, bit special uh, as well. Exactly, uh, R- R- Rami that was like ropey has. Uh, yes. Yes. Has. <laughs> but no, although all this proves so, is that we know. always sign shit players at the back. We've had a shit defense as long as I can. Actually, we've had a shit defense since 
since Deschamps was the coach, really, haven't we? Let's be honest. I mean, we were shit. We had the best defense. We were shit in defense before Deschamps came in. So it seems like apart it's from that period, this year, <laughs> it's working this year. So, so hopefully you will you will apologise at the end of the season. <laughs> like Matt, I'm not attached to any of those any any of those defenses. Even Saliba has had some pretty poor games. He's been. He's been good, but he's had a couple, a few games where he he's, has been, like, he's been a bit shit once or yeah, twice. Yeah, he's played every minute this season. I mean, the guy is still twenty. Yes, yes, no, something. I agree. But like, I'm not. I, I don't think any of the defenders are uh, in, untouchable. Let's just say. I think, in fact, apart from Saliba, I wouldn't really give a shit about any of them being sold, really. But anyway, I don't want really, like. Christ. I don't want. It's to... the right time to wrap it up. You're losing yeah, your mind. Clearly, you just have a different view. You think Luan Perez is good. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, right, so, yeah, let's, let's wrap it up, right? Thanks very much for listening. We'll try and get in, in like a mid-season review episode out over the holiday period, maybe after the Hans games or Hans were playing. Yeah, um, it's good to have debates anyway. It's good to have that kind of debate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah, yeah, sure. it's a good addition to this uh, to this show, I think, to have a bit also a bit more like a... Especially very relaxed, very, so very relaxed fun. and debate, and a bit like a bit more like you know cafe du commerce style, a bit more, <laughs> uh, you know, like let's get less British, right. and let's go, let's I get need, more Mediterranean and less British. <laughs> I need one of those pub du commerce, wooden mallets pub du commerce. or something pub to commerce. control you guys, right? But wrapping it up, <laughs> um, okay, so okay, 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 we've got another episode out. In a couple of weeks' time, we'll do a review as always, kind of mid-season, and yeah, and I, I think if we don't anything out before Christmas, everyone have a good Christmas um, and the new good New Year, so happy New Year! Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Thank everyone. You everyone. Good.